You are listening to FPEA Connects, a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to FPEA Connects. Today's host is Suzanne Nunn. Suzanne is an active homeschool mom serving homeschool families in both her local community and across the state. She also serves as chairman of FPEA, Florida's statewide homeschooling association. FPEA serves thousands of homeschool families in Florida, delivering a wealth of support, guidance, and information to both new and longtime home educators. Please join us as we seek to encourage you in your homeschool journey and help you stay connected to all things homeschooling in the Sunshine State. Welcome to episode number 31 of FPA Connects. I'm Suzanne, and I am looking forward to our time together today. We're going to be talking about a fun and really important topic, and that is getting prepared in the best ways you can for your upcoming school year. Yes, that means we'll be talking a little bit about organization. Well, maybe a lot, but I didn't want to do this by myself today. I wanted to bring in someone that is just about as crazy about organization as I can be sometimes. So let me introduce Sharon Rice. Say hi, Sharon. Hi. Sharon is our office manager and director of member services here at FPEA. She's been working for FPEA for about seven years. Sharon, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about what you do with FPEA? As far as being the office manager, I basically keep the office organized. I receive phone calls, organize the mail, do your daily tasks here within the office of FPA. Answering phone calls with people have questions about membership or questions about homeschooling. And I also help members when they call and they need help with their membership or they have questions about membership and membership benefits. As far as like organizing, um, I do a lot of preparing for the events, whether it be our convention and or our smaller events. I do a lot of physical um, organizing of that and doing things like, if you have a badge at convention, I printed that for you. Mm -hmm. So, and I help our groups and there's other things like that as far as like member services that I help as well. Right, so you've managed to hit on a few of the things that you do, I'll give you that. But uh, with all that Sharon does around here, you can imagine how much I appreciate this one thing, her natural bent toward being very organized, not just organized. Um, And what we're talking about today goes beyond that. It's really more about being prepared. And one thing Sharon and I certainly have in common is that we really like to know what to expect and we don't and we want to be ready for it, whatever it is at the moment. Um, In this moment, we want to talk about ways that you can think toward this quickly approaching new homeschool year and get prepared as best as you can so that you won't feel overwhelmed or have that dreaded feeling of constantly trying to catch up. That's the thing for me. If I'm not prepared ahead of time, I always feel like I can't catch a breath or like disappointed because I know things could have been better or easier. Um, What is it about not being prepared that really gets to you, Sharon? Well, I think it's very similar to what you just said. Um, For me, it's not being 
surprised. I don't like to be surprised or feel like I'm being caught off guard, but most of all, not being able to do it most efficiently or the best way to have done it. And I want it to be right. And if I didn't, if I wasn't prepared to do it right, then it would, it would annoy me. (laughs) So I understand completely. uh, And I'm with you on that. So let's talk through some things that are just really foundational when it comes to getting prepared for our upcoming homeschool year. At least things that I've found uh, really proved to make life easier for my family. Um, I've actually been working through some of these routines over the past couple of weeks, and I'm still working towards getting it all done. But this is the perfect time for me because our family does take a break here in the summer uh, before we jump back into our homeschool year. But it's also a good time because of other practical reasons like sales. And we'll talk about that a little bit here in a few minutes. But I tend to naturally start this whole preparing process in the kitchen. So how about if we go there first? Yeah, I think the kitchen is a good place to get our lives in order. For me, if I was going to go in the kitchen and I'm trying to think ahead, one of the first things I'm going to do is look at my week and, you know, figure out what I need to do that week. You know, do I have something going on at church this week? Is it VBS this week? Or are there things happening where I'm not going to be at home? So I need to know how many meals I maybe need to be cooking that week. Um, And then I'm going to look in my pantry and see, you know, do I have everything I need? Is my refrigerator empty do I need to go to the grocery store right um and then another thing I do in my house to make things easier is I ask my kids because they're older a lot of times when I'm doing my meal planning or looking ahead for the week I'll ask both my girls what they feel like eating that week because it's summer so maybe we want salad or something colder Mm -hmm. this week and they're not going to want chili so I'm not going to make the chili (laughs) and To make everybody a little happier and easier, I'll ask them what they want. And a lot of times it's easier because they give me ideas. And then I'm like, oh, I didn't think of that. (laughs) So I'm glad you gave me that idea. (laughs) That's a good thought. And um, my whole family usually does get on on that meal planning. Uh, But to me, it's all about the staples. When I go to the kitchen, it's all about staples. And my weeks can tend to get very busy with lessons and practices outside of the home. So if my pantry is stocked with staples, it's easier for me to have snacks on the go, lunches on hand, and we can avoid things like the drive through constantly. And we're all eating healthier and usually cheaper. So, you know, for me, it's the staples. What are your staples, Sharon? Um, my staples are pretty basic. I'm, I'm not a chef like you are. I don't explore the the cooking like you do. Um, I wish I did, but I don't. So my staples are pretty basic. Um, eggs, cheese, milk, rice, bread, meat. We'll decide what kind of meats we want. And then sides. I need to make sure that, you know, do I have the vegetables that I want to go with the meat? Like if I have, if we're having pork chops, do I have the right kind of sides for that? So I need to make sure that those are my staples. They're not generally um, anything beyond that. So pretty simple. Right. And those, I think, cover a lot of the basics for, you know, all of us. And, you know, one of the things for us that really comes into that staples category um, is things like tortillas and salsa and black beans. And, <laughs> yes, it's very well known fact here that we do a lot of Latin 
and Mexican cooking at our house. So enchilada sauce may not be a staple for you, but it certainly is for me. And that brings us to kind of that an important point, I think. And that is that um, those staples can be very individualized. But there are some things, certain things that are pretty common to all households. And I have to admit, this is where my couponing background is going to come through a little bit. But you need to stock up on staples when things are on sale. And they're on sale. I mean, we live in Florida, the land of Publix and Bogos. And you don't ever pay full price for pasta or canned tomatoes. I mean, and other items. But seriously, you have to think about those things. Buy it and stock up on it when it's on sale. And then you've got what you need and you paid half price for it. You know, so that is really important for us when I'm planning and I'm preparing to think ahead in that way. And it's really helpful with condiments and uh, cereals, even cleaning supplies. And you're getting them at a great deal. And you don't find yourself running the store every other day. You, you don't run out of what you need. Um, so the best way to identify some of the staples for your pantry is going back to what we were talking about a little bit, the idea of meal planning. And when you've stocked your pantry and freezer well, you have meals on hand. Um, I did say freezer, didn't I? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So I've got to go there for just a minute. Um, the reason my mind starts in the pantry um, and in the kitchen here. Uh, when we start talking about planning is because during the summer we put up a lot of fresh fruits and vegetables in our house and if you have access to locally grown foods or um, meats that people prepare and have ready for you you if you're even a little bit inclined I would suggest you try it save some money um, freeze your vegetables and meat put it up can it um, and have, you know, lots of fresh foods then on hand all year. So seriously, give it a try if that's even anything um, that you would be interested in. But going back and focusing on the meal planning part of it, um, let's talk a little bit more about how you do it, Sharon. Like, how do you plan your meals? Okay, so for meal planning in our house, it's pretty simple. I use a weekly magnetic whiteboard and I mm. keep it on my refrigerator. And for each day, I only do dinners. I don't do lunch and breakfast. I don't plan down to that degree. Right. And I only do a week at a time. Okay. I'm not going to plan out 30 days from now because we just don't know what we're going to want to eat or what, what's <laughs> happening or what we feel like. Like too spontaneous. Yeah, we're a little too spontaneous for that. <laughs> so um, what I'll do is I'll write in each night for the day what I want to eat or what I'm going to cook that night for mm -hmm. dinner. And um, I keep the meals pretty simple, too, in our house, actually, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I'll do a protein, and then I'll put on, like, two sides or, you know, if it's spaghetti or lasagna, what have you. And then I find that often <laughs> the good thing about the whiteboard is mm -hmm. that if we don't stick to that day, we'll <laughs> swap days. Or, you know, we may just scratch it out. And so... Um, the good thing about it being on the refrigerator is the night before, if I see that I am making um, lasagna, I need to take the meat out right, or whatever right. the item is. If it's in the freezer, I'll take it out for the next day. Mm -hmm. So I'll take out my hamburgers. And so um, then what I do is I'll do this usually on Sunday night for the week. And then I'll look in my pantry and see, you know, what I need. And then I keep my list <laughs> on. I used to use an app on my phone, but now I just actually use. I'm even more simple than that now. I use the um, 
notes function on my right. phone and I'll just write what I need. And then throughout the week, if something's gotten low, I'll add that to my phone so that when I go to the grocery store, I only have to carry my phone with me and make sure that I buy everything and I don't forget anything because I'm really good at forgetting stuff. And then um, that's pretty much it. It's pretty simple. I that We keep things simple in our house, yeah. not complicated, especially for summer. So, mm. you know, I'm not going to tire myself out, you know, trying to be, you know, some fancy meal planning going on with everything being so, you know. So laid back and relaxed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, we, we never really know when we're going to hit the beach for the day or something like that. So we're a little bit more relaxed in the summer, too. But I think you hit on something really important. And that is um, your system has to fit you and it has to work for you. And I think that that's important with all of these organizational tips and, you know, just to throw in for for an extra bit of encouragement here. Um, You know, as homeschoolers, we always tell people if the curriculum doesn't work, just start with a new one. And it's the same with this. If your system doesn't work, start a new one. And, you know, the important thing is that you have a system that you've got in place that can be repeated easily Mm -hmm. and you can keep up with. Um, I know for us, when it comes to meal planning, I have a a bullet point journal that I do and I kind of create our meal plan uh, for the week. I do it a little different because for us, I do have dinners um, separated because I want to make sure that I have like the whatever the sides will be. And if there's any special um, ingredients that I need to remember um, to add to my shopping list that I don't necessarily commonly have or whatever, I put those there as well. And then the way I've set it up, I then can turn over and my shopping list is right on the back. So it's easy for me to have a shopping list that fits that menu and what we need for the week. Um, right in an easy glance and so for us I will try to I will try to plan a month out but even for a farther um, necessity farther out I will rotate those menus sometimes so you know if it's a a week that we've got um, a couple of easy crock pot meals and I'm coming up and don't have a lot of planning time I might go back and look and you know what did I do this week and I've already got a shopping list and the menu all ready to go and and we'll repeat that um but whatever works uh for you find something like i said that does um fit your lifestyle fit your system and that you can repeat easily so um sharon what's your tip then for meal planning my best tip (laughs) beyond using the crock pot which you mentioned i love a (laughs) crock pot That makes all of our lives easier. But beyond that, my favorite tip is that when I'm cooking dinner, a lot of times I will make enough for lunch the Mm -hmm. next day. And so lunch is leftovers. And I'll even do um, lunch meal preps alone on a Sunday. I'll do all of um, the lunches. I'll cook at one time. And then I use those Rubbermaid, like, toss and carry, those little throwaway things. I don't throw them away, but... um, And I'll make the meals, I'll make four meals at a time, and they're in the refrigerator, and then they're ready. And a lot of times that's easy if what you're putting in there is what you're already cooking for dinner that night. So make extra. Right. Make extra. That's a great tip. And uh, like you said, for me, meal planning, um, definitely have yourself a good base of crock pots meals that you can go to um that you like 
And it was hard for me to get on the crock pot bandwagon because a lot of things don't taste right in the crock pot to me. So for me to know the ones that I do like and I can go back to, um, that's important. So, all right, while we're talking about shopping and stocking, let's talk about school and office supplies because they are on sale now too. And again, why pay full price? You don't ever pay full price for a glue stick, seriously. So Sharon, I know you and I know you love office supplies and <laughs> um, they, they kind of go hand in hand with some of our school supplies. So what's on your list? Well, besides everything, <laughs> we can't have everything, but um, probably my must-haves, I would say I use a lot of highlighters because I'm like you, I like to color code mm-hmm. as well. Um, and then, of course, your basics, notebooks, paper, um, pencils, you know, basics. And then I noticed that a few things I really like, like I like to laminate things. Mm-hmm. I know that's, that's kind of funny, but I'm one of those laminators. And... Um, I found that a lot of times, a good tip for this is if you if you shop on Amazon, mm-hmm. Amazon has a lot of knockoff items. Um, you can buy large, really large pack of laminator patches for significantly lower oh, wow. than you can buy them like in the store. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if you need them right on hand, you know, you're going to have to wait to order them from Amazon. But um, a lot of like Avery labels, they have knockoffs in labels and um, badges, different things like that. A lot of times you can get on Amazon as a knockoff. And I've noticed they're just as they work just as well as the name brands. Just make sure you read the reviews. Make sure you know, you're looking at them say, you know, people haven't had problems with them. But I've had some good luck with getting good deals on Amazon for things like that. Right. Okay, and so Sharon and I are picky about certain things. Uh, We're picky about pencils and pens and the things that we like to use the most. Um, But like I said, it's on sale now, right? So when I think of must-haves for our classroom, I always kind of struggle with this a little bit, I'll be honest with you, because I will go in and I don't necessarily think in um, at this age that my kids still are going to need crayons for something or glue sticks for something. But then I find myself, sure enough, later on down the road, we needed it. And so I'm always glad when I go back and I buy those extra boxes of crayons that are only 10 cents right now or um, the glue sticks because ultimately they still are using um, those things. One thing that I know for the classroom and for the office and for, you know, everything else that we're talking about here today is a really good pencil sharpener. Mm-hmm. And not just one for your desk, but Sharon turned me on to the best little portable pencil sharpener that there is. And I know it's funny, but those things really matter. And when it's time to stock up for those things, you need to make sure everybody's prepared. And your kids, especially if you do take them to a co-op or to a class where you're going to drop them off, um, you know, help them be prepared. Mm-hmm. And that's important. Uh, we always stock up on the... Um, notebooks and the composition books and I mean I can't tell you the things that I found that compositions and composition notebooks and spiral notebooks are good for Uh, we use them for everything so uh, it was funny because just a couple of days ago my daughter was like we've only got two more mom (laughs) okay we're gonna get them Um, so that's important but my list is is pretty basic but before you know you can bring all this stuff home 
let's talk about this one truth. And that is you have to have your school space organized and ready to go. Um, for us, that means an annual clearing of the bookshelves. And that involves a, a purge of sorts of unneeded and unused books that we don't need anymore. Um, it has a rotation of books to make sure that we don't miss something because we'll save books for the right time and we want to make sure we get to them. And the um, welcome party of sorts when we bring in all of the new books or the new curriculum that we're going to be introducing in the new um, school year. Yeah. Okay, so Sharon, how do you prepare your space for bringing home all of these fantastic supplies? Well, my space is pretty small. We live in a really small house. So this is going to apply to anyone who lives in a small space. But um, because we live in such a small space, we don't buy large amounts in bulk, even though that can be financially um, advantageous for right, some people. We right. just can't do that because our space is so small. But um, the tip I would have for you or what I would recommend doing is generally I would go through and get rid of anything we don't need or we're not using. If I haven't used it in a while, I need to donate it or get rid of it. And so before we do any of the shopping ahead of time, I would um, reduce I would go through and, you know, decide what's going to be recycled, what's going to be donated, and just get rid of it because I'm not right. using it, so we don't need it. And then um, I have a designated area where I would keep the items, and we just use a lot of, like, um, storage bins right. and just keep the stuff organized, and everything has to have a place in my house, mm -hmm. and so that's what I would do, basically. So that is um, really great tips for a small space but as I'm thinking about it um, you know we live in a space that's larger than than what you live in but we still don't have a separate space for school specifically um, we don't have a separate space for an office so we have to use um, you know we have basically an armoire that we use and we have to organize that down to, you know, fortunately, there's three of us who need it and there's three shelves and there's three drawers. And then we have, you know, our own individual bookcases. So the kids have their bookcase with their curriculum, their extra books that they use. And then we have um, the shelves that are separated accordingly. So like you said, we use um, some plastic containers to separate and store things. Um, I would say... You know, I've seen a lot of people do it, and I think it works really well. The little rolling carts that have, you know, several um, shelves on them. And those kinds of things, if you're in a small space and you can't dedicate your dining room all day to, you know, your school space, that's perfect to put something in and make it portable and store it where you're going to store it um, for the rest of the day. So that is, you know, great advice, not just for small spaces, but... Um, even for places where you don't have designated school space. And then if you do have a room that is separate and designated um, strictly as a school room then, or an office, then I think a lot of those tips still come into play. You know, using containers and carts, um, purging before you bring new stuff in. Uh, because sometimes you'll find you have uh, 25 boxes of crayons already. You know, you don't need any more. Going back to, for a minute, just talking about a school year and uh, curriculum, 
you know, I'm thinking every time I start thinking curriculum outside of choosing it and purchasing it, uh, immediately when I get that curriculum start coming in, I'm thinking uh, it's time to uh, talk about planners. And so Sharon, I know you love planners and you're all about planners and you buy them well and you uh, fill them up well. So let's talk a little bit about planners from your perspective. Suzanne, you know me well. I do love planners. <laughs> I really do love a planner. Um, as far as picking a planner, what I would suggest is, and this is kind of how I went about it when I first started using planners, is I actually did similar to what you do with curriculum. Mm-hmm. Ask your friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ask your friends, exactly. What do you use a planner? What do you use? Why do you use it? Do you, what do you like about that planner? And then I also did a lot of online shopping. And I looked at the planners online and I watched a lot of YouTube videos because there's a lot of YouTube videos out there with um, professional planners. They're not Mm -hmm. professional planners, but they do a lot of videos on using planners and they'll give you reviews. Mm -hmm. They'll show you the planners that they have and they'll show how they work. So that's a good idea to actually see a planner that you haven't purchased. Somebody else is showing it to you. Um, and then I have looked at them actually in physical stores. And what I'm looking for when I look for planners is um, basically I look at how they're laid out. I like mine. I use weekly more than a monthly, but I like to have the monthly. Mm-hmm. So if I buy a planner, I make sure that it has the month at the beginning and then the next, the following days are laid out weekly. And I like my weeks to go vertical. Some people like their weeks to go horizontal. Um So basically what you're looking for is how you would like to have it laid out. Um, And sometimes that just takes trial and error, like much like curriculum. Sometimes you got to use a planner for a couple months or a year before you have to decide whether you really actually like it. Mm -hmm. And then um, I look for features that I like. Um, I like, I like mine to be blank. A lot of people like theirs colored in and having different grids that have different color on them already. I don't really like that. I like to be able to, I like a more simple planner because visually it overwhelms me if there's too much in it. Mm -hmm. Um, And if it's a feature I'm not going to use, then I I just don't want it there. And so um, those are the tips I have. And then don't get discouraged. It is going to be like curriculum because I have purchased planners. I've, I've purchased very expensive planners and it turns out I didn't like them. Mm-hmm. And you can't return a planner, obviously. It's <laughs> already been used. And I just worked through it for a while, made it work. But then I decided I wasn't going to purchase that planner again. Um, so don't get discouraged. Don't think using a planner isn't going to work for you. It might just be that that particular planner isn't your, your right style. Fits. Right, the right fit. Yeah. Just like curriculum. Yeah, I think that that's a real valid point, though, because um, I found that when I was choosing planners, um, I didn't want a planner that was going to make me feel like a failure because <laughs> there are some planners out there that, you know, you have to read all of the information and instructions on how to use it and um, how to implement. It's too complicated. Yeah, it's just very complicated. And so um, for me, though, you know, my planner shopping has gone everywhere, all over the place from the dollar store, you know, individual little planners that have the big square boxes that you just fill in um, to more expensive ones. And, you know, I think that I find myself falling kind of somewhere in between. I find something that's very functional for me and, um, you know, try to to avoid some of the crazy bells and whistles that you see on some of the more expensive um, planners. Because, and when I'm talking about like right now, 
we're talking about, you know, that overall calendar that you have at home. Everybody has those. And, you know, for me, one of the key things is that when I look at it, like you say, you know, you have where you can look at the month, you can look at the week. Um, but for me, I have to color code it because on that planner, I want to see what, you know, my son is doing, what my daughter's doing, what I'm committed to, um, and, you know, what has to do with different groups that I'm involved in. And I make a, a system and I color code that so that I can keep up with that. Um, so that's important for me. And um, I do that usually, you know, with pens and highlighters. Like you said, I want it so I can do it and not somebody else doing it for me. So with with that planner, you know, what's your best tip when you're choosing it? Well, my best tip is, um, to be honest, it's probably not about choosing it more so much as um, when you've decided on, look at some places like <coughs> Michael's. Mm -hmm. I've gotten the um, Happy Planner at Michael's. And Michael's always has coupons. I mean, mm -hmm. we all know that. Don't shop at Michael's without a coupon because they've <laughs> always got a coupon. Right. So look, when you've decided on what kind of planner you think you want to have, um, look for coupons. Okay. That way you don't feel overwhelmed with, you know, having spent so much money mm -hmm. or, you know, yeah, you've committed for it. But you also, there's almost always a deal on all planners online. And those Dollar Tree planners, those are great. <laughs> <laughs> Well, those Dollar Tree planners are still definitely on my uh, shopping list. But when it comes to this calendar and this planning um, for us, one of the tips I would give as far as like um, setting up your calendar and being ready to go and being prepared, uh, which is what we're talking about a lot today, is take that calendar at this point in the year and go ahead and fill in the events, the things that you know are coming. So if you're going on a vacation in September or you know, someone has a wedding scheduled for October or November, uh, whatever you already know, go ahead and put it in the calendar. And then as your um, co-ops and classes and, you know, field trips and other things start to fill in, put it on there, but, but you already have the big things there. So you know how to work around it. So that would be, you know, one of the things. And, and going back to my little dollar store planners, um, you know, we use those for, uh, lesson planning so so Suzanne about your tips for lesson planning do you have a great tip for lesson planning <laughs> I have great tips for all of it um, but yeah the lesson planning um, part of it is kind of an individual thing for me um, I know for us I want separate planners for my kids and I do have you know, overall, I know where my kids are and I can look at their planners, but I think it's important for them because they're pretty self-directed and they can stick with a plan um, as long as they have it in front of them. But I think it's great for them to, you know, even at younger ages to get accustomed to using a planner for themselves and to sticking to a plan and to knowing what they've got to do today and tomorrow they can look ahead. You know, so for me, it's important to take something, even if it is one of those dollar store planners, and with their lesson plans, just lay it out for them, um, you know, each week so that they can look at it, check it off, keep up with it, and use that even as a simple lesson plan. I know you didn't do your lesson plans quite that way, Sharon. How do you do lesson plans? Or how did you, I should say? Your girls are graduated. Yeah, so. <laughs> um, my style is I would... I usually generally would get curriculum that already had lesson plans because that's mm -hmm. just what worked for me and my family. So the, 
those curriculums had a daily lesson plan already incorporated into it. Yeah. Or I even had purchased a couple um, that somebody else had already created for that particular curriculum. Mm-hmm. And so I that took that um, worry or stress away from me because that's not my strength. But one thing that I did do that was pretty helpful was I would put the lesson plan in a folder. Not a uh, three-ring binder, but um, a a folder that has the 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 three... Like the three-prong folder. Yes, a prong. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Suzanne. (laughs) A three-prong folder inside of um, sheet protectors. And so when she would get done, my daughter, she would do... um, She used dry erase markers. Mm -hmm. And she would mark over each item as she did it. And so... We could reuse the planner, obviously, or sell it later right, when right. we sold the curriculum. But it kept her on track with what she was doing mm-hmm. um, so she would know what she completed. And that was a tip. It was pretty handy for her to see the daily lesson planner and check it off without actually, you know, checking it to off. To check it off. That's great. You know, a lot of people are not comfortable with making lesson plans um, or don't have time to do it. And like you said, it may not be your strength, but... Um, there's so many things that are there that are available for us to use to make that process easier. And, you know, in those lesson planners, I think if I was going to say be sure to do one thing, that is keep a running list of books that you're reading. Because for us, that's important. I can pull lesson plans easily, but the books that you read, even read alouds, are really important to keep that list going. And it's really important when it comes time for our portfolios and uh, having that information. So um, it makes it easier for us. So, you know, keeping that running list is really a good idea. But, um, you know, I'm, these are the things that we're talking about today that it's stuff that's made uh, my year go more smoothly. And it makes us feel prepared and it makes us, um, you know, feel like we're able to kind of avoid feelings of being overwhelmed or uh, like we need to always be catching up because we're behind on something. And I really hope that if you're listening today that you've found some helpful tips and and things that will work for you and your family. But, you know, just keep this in mind. Uh, This is an important thing to keep in mind. All of us tend to start the year. Um, trying to plan well and getting prepared and and we'll start off on a good foot and sometimes we just kind of lose our way you know things get busy and hectic and we kind of get off course but that's okay Um, I think the crucial thing is just you know start and pick back up right where you left off and keep going and maybe you got off course because something didn't work well so try something different if that's the case and Sharon I just want to thank you for sitting in and talking with me today about uh, how to get prepared and and be organized yeah I'm glad I could join in on this particular podcast and hope (laughs) hope you get you guys out there um, can feel confident and less overwhelmed and tackle your new year as it comes up yeah and I want to thank everybody that's listening in uh, for joining us today and Just tell you that for more um, maybe ideas and tips about how to organize for your school year, check out our uh, Pinterest um, board on FPEA. And we try to put a lot of good tips up there for you, not just about organizational, but um, other things too. And then really be sure to check out our next issue of The Connect because we're going to have some good things in there. Um, for everybody to, to help get prepared for your school year. But um, until until next time, as always, I just want to say thank you for being here and stay connected. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you've enjoyed our show and will join us next time for FPEA Connects. You can find us on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network 
at ultimateradioshow.com. For more information about FPEA, visit us at our website, fpea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest. Until next time, stay connected.